Give it 10 seconds delay for the intro music. Yeah, it'd be like this when it starts. Welcome to the Async Podcast. My name is Arneet Singh. I am your less than humble host, but I am always enthusiastic. Uh, I'm not alone today. Welcome to episode four. I'm not alone today. I'm not sitting in a room alone ranting about shit. This is a fully fledged I have a guest podcast. Now, if you're listening on audio, you don't know who it is yet. I'm going to keep it that way. But if you're on video, you see the person sitting either to my left or right. Uh, he is, I will say, my one of my close friends. He is uh, a critically acclaimed uh, up-and-coming director in Hollywood who I've worked with on a couple of projects. He has a new movie coming out uh, with Hollywood Shakespeare called The Dark Places. It should be out April 4, May 14th on, on Amazon and Amazon Prime. Please say hello to Ned Record. How are you doing, sir? I'm great. Uh, I want to get into a semantic argument. You are still alone in your room right now. I am literally alone in my room right now. But uh, you, you started out your podcast by lying. <laughs> well, don't don't get into the specific. I I am communicating with another human being right now. This that's is, this, this. I mean, this. I guess this. Uh, this is the new not alone. This it is. is. Yeah. Like I, at some point, this is the way we're going to communicate for the rest of our lives, and we're just going to have to deal with it because quarantine and Trump and things. Um, How are you doing with quarantine, by the way? How's that been going? Yeah. No. I'm. I, I was doing a lot of work from home anyways, uh, and most of my work was freelancing. So other than the fact that there's just not the same amount of work coming in, I, I barely noticed. My wife's home more. The dog seems real happy about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the pets are always happy when the humans are back around, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you were, um, you were doing uh, editing uh, as your freelance work. You were an editing assistant. Um, and that's editing, <clears throat> color correction, and some, 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 uh, some major editing. The thing that I've loved about you from the moment that I met you, because we actually we met because uh, through a mutual friend mm -hmm. uh, who had written a script, and uh, it was a it was a proof of concept for something really cool. Actually, uh, it, did you want to talk about what that project was real quick? Uh, I mean, I can't go into a lot of detail because it's still a proof of concept that we're still <laughs> trying to sell. That's but it it was very like set in the non dystopian future female forward very progressive fourth wave feminism playing with a lot of concepts that I think needed to be played with so so it was fun uh, I hope I hope someone asks me about it and I can talk to them <laughs> about it I mean, well, you asked me about it I just can't <laughs> that that's the hard thing about uh, doing Netflix I'm in Netflix this is who I specifically. <laughs> Exactly. No, but what I did love about working with you that first time, I mean, I, I know you felt the same way immediately. We had a, we, there was a chemistry, there was a connection there. Uh, and, and I really liked your style of directing. And I really, I, that's why I wanted to go ahead and work on more projects with you. And we ended up doing, uh, you can see it on Amazon and Amazon Prime, uh, this, uh, this series called High Concept, mm -hmm. uh, which is four episodes of four different genres of like old time movie making, like uh, French art house film. Uh, a noir and it's all about weed and it's wonderful um, which actually kind of nicely brings us to the dark places which is your new feature coming out right right and uh, it is also uh, kind of a weird situation the way this film came about what it's about um, tell the people tell the people what how you came about the idea 
so I got bored real fast, which with me takes about, you know, 20 minutes of not doing something. Right. Uh, so yeah, at one point I was, I was driving in the car from the grocery store with my wife and I'm like, I don't want to make a short film. And she's like, okay, where did that come from? I'm like, everyone's making short films. I want to make a movie. We're, this quarantine thing is going to be going on for a while now. We got the time. Let's make a movie. What could we make? And we started poking around on ideas. And there was a lot of stuff that I'm like, I could do because it's set in one room. But I got into like the idea of Alfred Hitchcock entered my head specifically a rear window because I was like, hey, that's about a guy trapped at home which is kind of what we're doing right now. How could we, but how could we do that with like, I can't film my neighbors without their permission and they're not actors. So we started thinking about it and I'm like, well, I mean, everyone's Zoom calling. We're having this interview on, on a Zoom call and Skype web chatting, all that stuff. I'm like, so what if it's spying that way? Which led to this whole other idea of kind of what happens if, if a group, because there's these other podcasts tying into the podcast. Uh, my favorite murder being one of the the big true crime podcasts. Crime junkies and all. Those. Yeah, 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 yeah. Murder, right. all the, all that stuff. And so, we got into this idea of what if this girl was the fan of a true crime podcast and was part of a fan club that met online, and what if they took it upon themselves to start solving cold cases, and what if the murder started hitting a little closer to home and affecting them. Like the closer they got to the truth, the more dangerous it became. I reached out to a friend of mine from high school who lives in Pasadena, who uh, we'd worked together in high school, but had just been friends ever since. And she had since become a writer. And with that decided, hey, you want to write a movie with me? Which then turned to, do you want to write a movie? And I'll just direct. Yeah, three weeks later, we had a finished product. Three weeks later, that, okay. I was even, I was a part of this movie and that still is the craziest thing to me is a full feature length film was filmed and edited and done in three weeks. Most of the cast, like she had to write around cast members. I was sending names and photos of the cast because about the same time I was asking her if she wanted to be part of it. I was asking other people if they wanted to be part of it or neat being one of these these people obviously um but some other you know i i had the advantage that i've worked with actors all over the country all over the world there's so many of them that i haven't you know i have to like my my friend stephen john in london or in birmingham now I, I used to work with him all the time, but when I left London, I couldn't really do that anymore. And one of my dear friends, Marisa, lives in New York City. She left LA for New York and it was great, but I couldn't use her anymore. Now all of a sudden those those distance restrictions were gone. Right. So I was, I was getting the people going, are you as trapped and bored as I am? Uh, hold tight, I'll start giving you a script. And you guys were getting the script. I mean, the first scene we shot, that was all that was written. The Like we had a, an outline, yeah. but no full film we just knew we needed to start on that scene to make sure this was going to work that was kind of a weird part of it was like i remember you reaching out to me about wanting to do a film i was like yeah gung-ho let's do it because i have nothing else better to do and i think i think i speak for all the actors who were part of that cast we were just excited to get a script especially right now it was the last thing that we were thinking we were going to come through email and even like it did take me aback that we were getting it scene by scene I was trusting the process though. And, and by the way, the screenwriter, Amber Shaw, who's 
went to NYU with Bryce Dallas Howard and a multitude of other people who were wonderful. Kristen um, Bell. Kristen Bell. Um, and, and she she wrote an immaculate script. I think she did such a good job with the time that she had. So good. And and even from the chopped up scenes that we got, like I was really getting into the story and that was the most magical thing to me that I could connect with a story that was only half baked really. And and the way that it turned out, I mean, scene by scene, I how did you feel the cast was able to get over the technical hump of not being in the same room to create that chemistry that was needed for the group chats? I was shocked uh, just because it, it it took that first read reading of us doing it and recording it out and me cutting it together to go, oh, this is going to work. This is absolutely going to work. And not only that, um, a couple actors, uh, we ended up adding additional scenes purely because we were like, oh, they, they got this. And I think we underestimated their abilities to handle this. Um, no offense to Arneet, but it's the two people that were like <laughs> highly trained actors. I should have known better that, of course, they were going to be able to handle it. But yeah, I mean, it was just, again, the, the, the fact that the film came together so quickly is a testament to me of how well it worked. And, uh, you know, in playback, I still, I've watched it a few times since I finished editing it, just for quality control and whatnot. And I'm still surprised at the flow of it. I like it, it, it transitions into it. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Amber and I just realized real quickly, we work well together. Like we speak each other's language. We, you know, we can ask for one little thing and what we get back from the other person is gigantic because neither, neither of us do things by halves. We just go for it. So it's like our half-baked idea was definitely half-baked, but it was also half-baked in the way like, the Ace of Cakes presents a half-baked cake. It's still good. <laughs> still real edible. It's still I think better than you can make, but... Uh, for sure. I definitely think one of the not things... you, Arnie, you being... I'm personally offended. How dare you? <laughs> um, no, I was going to say, like, if anybody is thinking about taking on the endeavor of making a feature-length movie in constraints like these, then you definitely need to find people that you vibe with, because I think... Having immediate chemistry or also already having that chemistry, that's the most important and fastest way to get a quality product. Oh, 100%. You know, like, I know I definitely, like, Amber was part of the group meetings as well and, like, feeding in her thoughts. And I thought it was really helpful because you guys already had that chemistry. So neither of you were, like, talking over each other's ideas. Nobody was contradicting. It really was the one of the most, weirdly, one of the most synergetic sets I've ever been on. Yeah, it's, well, that's, and that comes down to respect, too, um, because I faced this a lot in my, what, three years as a film director. You always get that one person on the set who doesn't acknowledge your authority, and I'm not, it's weird because I'm not a power-hungry director. I care about the end product. I don't care how it gets there, but I also believe that the director's job is to be the unified voice, to be the the figurehead, to answer the questions everyone has. I don't even think the director's job is to micromanage every every little detail. It's just to be the one person you can ask who will give you an answer. And luckily, oddly, this being the weirdest film situation I've ever worked on, it's been the first time I've never had a cast member try to challenge my position, try to usurp, try to take over, um, not even on a grand scale. We didn't have problems in high concept, but there was a, a young actor by the name of Arneet who sometimes would overstep his bounds. 
Um, Paul was also smart enough to go, did I just go a little further? And I'm like, you did, but it's okay. Cause we're all friends here <laughs> and you acknowledge it. So I, I, I was feeling my, anytime I'm like passionate a project on a project, I have to like check myself. Cause I get, I get really into it. And I, I would up- rather work with someone who tries to take over because of love than someone who tries to take over because they need control and power. Yeah. Cause again, and it's a dangerous, dangerous situation with me. Cause again, I, anyone will tell you, I'm not a power hungry director. I see that. I, I, I'm just not, I want the end product. And because of that, it's easy to almost see me as a non, as the non-dominant figure. If someone else wants to take charge, they can be like, Oh, well, Ned's saying, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I guess our opinion matters. Um, And I'm like, well, your opinion does matter as long as it's called, I gave you respect as an artist, but you have to do the same and understand that I probably thought about, you know, it's chess. A good chess player doesn't break a sweat. A good chess player isn't sitting there going, I'm the grand master. I am better than you. The chess player is going like, oh, that was a nice move. Really nicely done. There's also (laughs) 16 moves ahead of you. And that's, usually where I come from as a director where I'm like, no, 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 that's a really good idea you had. I had the same idea three weeks ago. <laughs> like, but this is only four weeks old. I know that. It's Here's it's the six like, reasons that won't work. Right. It's, it's like the thought that, okay, if you have an idea, cool. As long as it's better than the idea we already had. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, that's what I have said. I'm like, I will absolutely listen to any input anyone ever gives me and will happily go, that was a great idea. I hadn't thought about it and it's better than what I had considered, but understand I have the finished product in my head. So as long as what you bring in is better than what I got. And, and generally speaking, that's also the way I gave notes. So when actors got notes, it was only because I'm like, yeah, my idea is better, but I didn't give it a lot of notes because I trusted my actors and I was either you all met or exceeded expectations and I have high expectations. So that's not like, Oh no, no, you did. You did what I expected you to do. It's, it's more of a positive. You did what I expected you to do. What I, the reason I wanted you, you brought to the table. Yeah. I, I could trust you, which yeah. meant I could focus on other things. And I think even with the, the technical constraints that we did have because of the way that this was filmed, again, this was filmed all during quarantine while adhering to stay-at-home orders. Uh, we are not one of the protesters on Sacramento City Council or, or uh, State Capitol Staircase. You were still able to direct in the way that I've known you to direct always and get the job done, which I, I, I want to say, like, thank you for being able to do that. And it's a miracle that you were, because I do think that the film would have been very different without that level of calm and lack of ego. And I, and I really do. It, it, was, it was amazing to work with you on that one. Oh, thank you. So now, last question. Uh, would you ever, after even after the stay-at-home orders are over, would you ever endeavor to do a film like this again? Well, I mean, A, I might have to. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know what's, what the future holds. I don't know. One of the first things they said to Arneet, because everyone else had a lot of questions about their character, about this. Arneet, being the film dude, had a lot of questions about logistics. He's just like, no, no, no. I think you know the answer, Ned. I just, you know, I get a Facebook 
video call going, I have so many, how are you going to do this? Hey, what about this? Well, like isn't that this a night, that night you told me about it and immediately I hit you up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was like, all right, all right. Because, you know, a lot of the questions I had answers to and the ones I didn't have answers to, I needed to have had yeah. answers to. Uh, so being asked the question went, oh, nothing will solidify your opinion more than being asked a question. Because you either know you don't know the answer and need to, or you're positive you know that answer. You got to be open um, to not knowing. If, if these types of orders continue and the film proves to be even moderately successful, it had a $50 budget. So to make our money back is not going to be super difficult. No. <laughs> Eight people have to watch it and I'm fine. Uh, but I don't know that I would, everything's lifted. I have full access to, you know, everything in the world. I don't think I would do it the same way. For one thing, you know, we were dealing with inconsistent video qualities, uh, inter uh, internet speeds. Um, you know, one of my crucial scenes, I had to rework in uh, visual effects because the quality of the footage I was getting back was terrible from yep. one particular person. So I just made it part of the story. Uh, so again, it, it, it was great because it's like running with weights on and that's what this, a lot of this was, but I'd rather not run with weights on if I can avoid it because I can go a lot faster if I have, you know, a cinematographer and a sound guy who isn't deaf in one ear. Me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think there's a lot of similarities to uh, Spielberg choosing not to, like not, not just not using a crane in Schindler's List, but the difference is he had the choice. That was the <laughs> big difference. I think the better comparison is Spielberg not showing the shark and Jaws because it didn't mm. work. Right. And then you define an entire aesthetic that he would then follow the rest of his life of don't show it don't show it. Jurassic Park was amazing and still holds up because he didn't show it. He could have. <laughs> the mechanical dinosaurs worked this time. Right. <laughs> he could have CGI'd the living hell out of that thing, but he didn't because Jaws became a success because people were like, oh God, what's going on? And I had said something like that to Arneet that I think the big takeaway from this is going to be there are moments in this film for instance, and Arneet was the first person to point this out. There were so many group scenes that, you know, when I first wanted to do this, I was going to have like the way a lot of chat things go, whoever's talking gets highlighted on the screen. They're either like here on this Zoom call, I've got a yellow box around me. Or if you put it on speaker priority, my face would pop up higher than someone else's. And <clears throat> that was an original idea. But two problems existed with that, and they are, one, uh, the video qualities were so different. So if I keep everyone small, it looks about the same, and you don't realize how out of sync someone's audio is or how much buffering is happening on someone else's video. But it also means that, and this ties into the reason I was brought on this particular podcast today, is that I wanted to make a film that had rewatchability. Mm -hmm. So the film is a thriller, it's about solving crimes and I'm literally not giving anything away by saying uh, at some point at the end of the film, you figure out who did it with all that in mind, I wanted rewatchability. So I had a lot of life in these individual shots. I had a lot of, 
things that if you watch back the second time, knowing who did it and you mm -hmm. try to follow their story, you start seeing more and more happening throughout the film. Right. Uh, and on top of that, it created a situation where the audience now has to choose who they want to follow. And you could rewatch those group scenes five times and get a slightly different story each time. Everyone's got their own life. Everyone reacts differently. And our neat was the one to bring it up to say, it's kind of like a, like theater. And my background is in theater. So when he said that I started going, Oh yes. And ramping that up more. I think the thing that I was most concerned about was like, not, not only should everybody uh, like strive to make their particular square or frame important or entertaining to watch. But the other thing is they're all going concurrently. So in the vein of rewatchability, every time you rewatch the movie and you decide to focus on a different square, like you were saying, it's, it's a completely different vibe tone. You're getting a different perspective, which I think was really cool. I, and, and not just because I was involved in them for the most part, uh, but I really thought the group scenes were some of the best stuff that we shot. There was a lot of energy. There was a lot of, uh, I think I definitely felt like the chemistry was really there with the cast and we all got together and got along really, really well right from the jump. And definitely you and I were talking about it near the end of the shoot. And I was kind of a little bit hindsight, like wishing that I had felt the way that I did at the end, which is like, we're, we're there now. We're on our game. Like everything feels like it's moving. It's smooth. It's entertaining just to be in the room, quote unquote. Which is also, it was a strategic move. The sh scene we chose to shoot first, because we shot the all the group scenes scene. over three days, I think. It was right. one scene and then two more days divided up over the people that were in certain scenes because people popped in and out of chat, so we structured it accordingly. But that first scene, it wasn't perfect. The audio wasn't perfect. I was still trying to figure out how to do it. So I figured out something completely different that we used for the rest of the shoots because uh, so much so that I thought about redoing that first scene. And I'm sure some of the other actors involved would be like, yeah, no, I'd love to get a second stab at that scene. However... It was the first group scene. I, and I was afraid I wouldn't be able to recapture that newness, that everyone was a little bit slower, but we were still trying to figure out who these people were. It's the first time you ever saw them. So the fact that there wasn't as much overlap, the fact that people were giving space to the dialogue created a situation where the pacing was perfect for some of the actors recreatable, but for some of those other actors who maybe didn't have any acting experience or right. uh, in the case of one person hadn't done anything since junior college uh, 18 years ago and was just dragged into this because he's my best friend <laughs> and did a great job mind you uh, yeah no it, i think everybody regardless of their of their background ended up coming in really swinging for the fences and they yeah. did a, overall i think the product was really good um but that i'm i'm excited for everybody to see it i know you are too uh, and so, again, his name is Ned Record. His new movie, The Dark Places, produced by Hollywood Shakespeare, is coming out May 14th on Amazon and Amazon Prime. Uh, it's going to be awesome, and we're going to be right with you on the release date, and uh, let us know how we did. Okay. My name is Arneet Singh. I've been your host. This is the Async Podcast, and I will see you all next week. Thank you so much for tuning in, and uh, hopefully we'll see this guy again soon. Let's find out. Stay sharp, stay motivated, peace out. <laughs>